everybody welcome to worst take the 49ers edition of the podcast um, today we're going to be talking about the 49ers offense and mainly about Jimmy G's weapons and how they're going to help him this year um, we got Mason Rennie he is a member of worst take uh, he comes on the pod once in a while he'll definitely be hopping on the 49ers pod quite a bit throughout the season um, and he writes a lot of articles a lot of evaluation articles me and him are probably the most have the most similar style of writing, just evaluating players, talking about their strengths and weaknesses. So uh, why don't you say hi to everyone, Mason? Hey, what's going on? Uh, catch me on Twitter at CaliKing49 or 17. Uh, avid fan of the NFL and the 49ers, and I can't wait to dive in and get in here. All right. So today we want to talk about Jimmy G's weapons. Um, me and Mason both think very, very highly of Jimmy G and the whole Niners offense, and we do think that he's going to put up great numbers next year. And a lot of that is due to the wide receiver core that's in place. Um, obviously, you got Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, Kendrick Bourne, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, Dante Pettis, Jawan Jennings, and Chris Fink. Um, of those guys, I mean, I think, this cl- I think this group is going to be a lot better than it was last year. Um, you could see the problem with their offense. It was clearly the wide receivers. You could tell that early in the year. Um, look back on that Seattle Seahawks game, uh, I think it was week eight, week nine, uh, the mm-hmm. Monday night football game, and yeah. their, their receivers lost in the game. Um, and right after that, they traded for a man, or they had Emmanuel Sanders that week, but he got hurt. Um, but then you saw Emmanuel Sanders emerge, became very important, um, and then Debo emerged too. And those two guys really carried this group. Um, I want to get into Debo right now. I, I have Debo in a Dynasty Fantasy League, and... I think higher of him than I think any other person in the whole league does. Um, I think he could legitimately have double-digit touchdowns next year, and I, I know that's a ton. I don't think the yards are going to be there for him, but the thing about Debo is that every single time he gets the ball, and especially in a Kyle Shanahan offense where he's wide open and has a couple guys to, to beat, basically, he, he can take it to the house on any given play. Um, you look back on last season, and I believe he had six touchdowns. Yep, six didn't, last year. Yeah, didn't really come on until the second half of the year. You know, <clears> here, here <throat> and there did some stuff. But at the end of the season, he was he was balling. Um, and there were so many plays where someone barely gets his ankle. Or he in the uh, NFC Championship game, yeah, he ran over, um, I believe it was Jair Alexander. It might have been a safety, but I thought it was Jair. Um, ran him over, and then he stumbles over his own feet. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, if he wouldn't have stumbled, that's a touchdown. You know, like, there's so many plays where some guy barely gets his ankle and he, he's almost gone. And he had six yeah. touchdowns on – he's going to have way more reps next year. He's going to be the, the best receiver on this team. He's going to – I think they're going to try to feed it to him. Uh, wh- what's your kind of thoughts on him going into the next year, Mason? Dude, he is a proven dual threat as a runner and a receiver. Let's be real here. So even if you can't get him on play action across the middle because he's pulling that safety, then you just have an end around. And you have juice and, you know, all the tight ends going guard form and stuff. It's just he's he's poetry in motion when he's on the field. He's really nice. I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, Double-digit touchdowns, definitely. I mean, there's not really enough ball to go around as, far, as high as my aspirations are anyways. Like, I was watching Jimmy G, and it's it really just all points down to him having confidence in that leg and pressing it forward and putting the zip on the ball. 
that's the only difference between him connecting with a lot more overshotting guys and stuff. So, yeah, Debo for sure is definitely going to have a great year, especially with Ayuk. Once he finally flourishes and blossoms, or Trent Taylor, like there's, we'll get into it though. But yeah. Yeah, so, so we can move on to Ayuk right now. Um, what's your kind of thoughts? Um, I watched some of his tape, not, not a ton. Um, he plays again, he played in, it was the Pac 12, right? Mm-hmm. Arizona State, yeah. Um, yes. So I watched Herm some. Edwards. Yeah, Herm Edwards. Um, Herm Edwards, I, I believe he was the guy that told Kyle to draft him. I think there was some rumor oh, yeah. about that. Um, and like he's real cool with John Lynch and Kyle, so it was cool to hear that. Mm-hmm. But didn't watch a ton of him. It's a little bit harder, I think, to evaluate Pac 12 guys because their competition isn't as good. Um, this year, the Pac 12 is not as good. And I would say you kind of look at another guy, uh, Dante Pettis, and he mm-hmm. was a tough guy to evaluate because he's not going against the physicality that Debo went up against the SEC. But w- no, exactly. What did you see in Ayuk just in in college? I see everything that Shanahan and Lynch saw in um, what were we talking about earlier in Pettis like three years ago. He's a great returner. He's so lengthy, eighty-one inch wingspan. He's fast as heck. He looks great on tape, and they had him on an equal grading level with CD Lamb. That is ridiculous, the fact that we got him that late in the round. So um, he's definitely a lock to make the roster, and the more that he learns, just being able to go in. I mean, we already have Kittle. Then you have Debo, so they got to watch him. So he's the third option in that offense. That's scary. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people have talked about how complicated the Shanahan scheme is for wide receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a picture the other day about like Shanahan's offense and it was like oh just a simple Shanahan route tree and I believe it was just the out routes and there was like 35 combinations that you could have and then <laughs> and, it, it. <laughs> and then they and then if you like click the tweet and you went right below it it was like oh here's the in route and there's like <laughs> 28 of them or something you know like some Dude. absurd number well um, I was watching I was watching an interview on that and it's not it's not like the actual route tree itself it's the fact that Jimmy and the receivers both have to know the playbook know what they're each doing and then realize the defense like jimmy throws his eyes like before the field on the deeper developing routes they'll try to look the safeties off to the opposite side of the field just to see what they're going to roll into and do stuff so the second he looks he has that that it's like an almost immediate quick timing that's why you almost see him kind of lunge when he throws he's he's getting it out so fast it's i, I don't know it's, it's awesome i love yeah. to watch it work I love learning about Shanahan's scheme too. It's so it's so interesting how yes. he just manipulates defenders. Um, he puts it all out there. He puts them in he no makes man's this guy's land. Earn it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he'll talk about it's kind of funny. Like you see, like a defense, and it's like th- this is what I always think of now. And this is not the way. I, I don't think this is the way other NFL fans think. But when I'm thinking like, oh yeah, we're gonna play like this team, and it's like, oh yeah, well they have great they have a great secondary, right? They have an amazing secondary. But if they don't have good linebackers, I'm like, okay, like I don't really care. Like, we'll expose their linebackers. And Take them apart. Yeah. Now, like, then you think about teams like the Vikings. Like, the Vikings, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, they're sound all around. Mm-hmm. So then you don't really know. Like, there's certain teams where they're super sound, and that's the only teams that I ever think can slow down the Niners. But it's just kind of funny, you know. Well, that's um, the best part about teams like that. It's like, okay, we'll say, for instance, like uh, the Panthers last year. They have kind of like a, their defense was overall decent. And you have Luke Keekley, the guy that's running it and stuff. Well, the way that the Niners' offensive line scheme is, it's it's a lot of one-on-ones. And it's a lot of like filling the gaps. And then you just have a guy like Brita or Moser just hit whichever hole they feel like and they go. Yeah. It's just a one-cut kind of deal. So if you have just a lot of one-on-ones, then you can indefinitely just look and tell on, on the tape exactly who messed up. 
So it's all for one, one for all. And if you don't know your stuff, then the team's going to get you out. And Pettis learned that. Yeah. Um, the one thing that that I'm interested to see about Ayuk is we're talking about how complicated this scheme is, is how fast is he going to be able to adjust? Because we don't really know what the training camp situation is going to be. Um, yeah. I, I personally think that's a huge factor in this upcoming season. I feel like a lot of people don't really think about that. Like, don't think it's as big of a deal. I think it's a massive deal. Well, especially um, for teams like the Patriots or anyone that has a new quarterback. Yeah. It's a mess. Yeah. Um, think like think about the Dolphins and the Bengals. Like, I think I think Burrow will be fine, but yeah, it's gonna be hard to get in to get in rhythm with the playbook, the receivers, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, well, the Niners are the only team that hasn't actually had coaches at their facility. Like the their area in Santa Clara is not allowing them to. Not that it really, I guess uh, Kyle Shanahan said it doesn't make that big of a difference because the players aren't there. But if that leads into us not being able to coach the players and stuff, that's really going to have a huge effect. Yeah. Um, that's that's my big question for Ayuk. Not talking about like talent stuff. Um, I think he's very talented though. Yeah. Um, but oh, yeah. if he can adjust quickly, and he can get rolling where it's him and Debo are like the dudes at wide receiver. Um, with that strong run game, with George Kittle, with Kyle Juszczyk, that's something that will make this offense potentially the best offense in football. Yeah, um, that's where I'm looking at this from. Like, like even if you just have Debo and Ayuk rolling, and they both have the potential to be, I don't see why Debo would take a step back. Um, he fixed the drops for somewhat. You know, that, that's like the only yeah. question with him. But even with those drops, he was still balling last year. So. Um, moving we're getting on from, so many guys back from injury too. Yeah, like that's the thing is that with Debo and all the extra, when we drafted the wide receiver Ayuk, it's not like oh man, now Debo's going to take a hit. It's like no, 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 that makes Debo three times better. Yeah, <laughs> because you can't and Kittle better too. It's gonna yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Kittle <clears throat> adjusts with all this stuff because there's going to be way better players around him. I think he's going to be twenty million dollars richer. I'll say that. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> and we were, we were talking uh, before we recorded about how. Ayuk can immediately fill that Emmanuel Sanders role. But yes. The difference with him and Sanders is that he's he has the potential to do a lot more than Sanders does. Well, yes, Sanders years. Sanders is a great player, mm-hmm. but he's also was 32, 33 last season. He's yeah. he's not the same dude that he was with Peyton Manning on the Broncos. You know, he's not yeah. that guy. Um, but Ayuk, if Ayuk can be better than Sanders. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a major upgrade at the wide receiver position because you also have Kendrick Bourne who I think is besides Debo like the guy that's gonna like you just know what he is. He's um, Jimmy's security blanket on third down. Yeah, and then you got Trent Taylor and Jalen Hurd. Um, we'll get on into those guys in a second, but as far as Kendrick Bourne goes, I mean Kendrick Kendrick Bourne is awesome as a person first of all. Yes. I I, I follow him on Instagram. I really like totally like like all the so players. enjoyable. Yeah, he's so enjoyable, right? Like, he's the most like extroverted person on that team. He just reminds me of like a like a junior high player or something playing the game just for the love of the game. And he's out there acting fool, he's being silly. But then when it's time to grind, he's there and he's past the time that you want him to be there. Like he's the first one in, last one out kind of deal. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of teams like a guy like Bourne is a pretty solid third wide receiver option for mm-hmm. them, but. Bourne might be like the fifth or fourth or fifth, maybe even sixth guy next year. Um, yeah. And even if he is like that sixth guy, he's still going to get volume. He's still going to get on the field. You know, like they they like to have guys that can hop in and out and do whatever uh-huh. with the receivers. So He's only 24. 
yeah, and that's the thing. And he was undrafted, you know. Um, and he was he's been exciting coming out. I think last year he had six touchdowns. Six that's... touchdowns, eleven red zone targets. Yeah, no, that's... five touchdowns. I'm sorry, tied with George Kittle. Okay, yeah, that's that's solid though. I mean, they they no, don't have amazing. big guys on this team. I you nope. and and I mean even Kendrick Bourne isn't that big, but like he's he's real skinny, but he's pretty tall. Um, yeah. he's lengthy. He has that that build to go up and get in the end zone, and that's why he, you always see him running that like. I don't know if it's like an in. It's like an not really like a slant. It's more like an in around the back line of the end zone. I think I've seen yeah. him catch like three or four touchdowns like that just through his time with the Niners. I don't. That's like that's his go to route right there. Shanahan do the route, but then kind of float around in space and find that bubble. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I think he's the most consistent guy. Um. Another he's, guy that could be super consistent should be could be super crucial for Jimmy, like like a security blanket, like you're saying, is Trent mm-hmm. Taylor. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, we haven't seen him in two years. But in 2017, you watch all the Jimmy G highlights. Oh, Jimmy G's rolling out the pocket. He's escaping. Who does he get it to on third down and in the end zone? He gets it to Trent Taylor. That was his dude. Yeah, it was. I was watching that Jaguars game today. And, uh, yeah, Trent Taylor's looking pretty good, man. Those cuts that he had and just the aspirations and what he, what he brought to the team, how he got everyone hyped up on the sidelines. He's, he's very infectious for the team, and he's good. Also, Wes Welker, one of the greats in that slot position. I know Trent Taylor's on his helmet 24-7, man, like meetings on meetings on meetings on meetings. He's really been putting in the time. So, yeah, he's going to get into that time clock for uh, Bourne. But, really, it's either way you go, you're going to have good receptions, good yards, first downs. So, I'm, I'm really happy. Even having Bourne just on the roster or in the locker room really helps out the squad as well. Yeah, I think Trent Taylor is – I mean – He's 5'8". He, yeah. So that's the only – I mean, he's the, smallest, he's the smallest wide receiver on the roster, but you need that one guy. So um, Shanahan likes his tall, lengthy guys, you know, like Debo Ayuk. But Taylor's just – he's a grinder. He's one of those guys almost like Edelman or, yeah, like Welker, you know. You can, he is he is what you think he is. I'll just say that. Yeah, he, he's definitely that role. Um, And if he, and he was Jimmy's guy on third down in 2017. No, he was. So um, out of 100 targets, he has a catch rate of 69%. Nice. <laughs> So, yeah, he's definitely going to be a role player, a third down guy. One of those guys that, you, you know, you kind of scramble and do that sandlot stuff. And he can get you some yak, too. He won't he won't break away or, you know, bust out like an 80-yard run off a slant or nothing. But he, he's going to get you those hard, harder first downs. Yeah, the cool thing about him is he he has Shanahan's trust, um, Shanahan's uh-huh. faith, I would say. Uh-huh. Kyle Shanahan is not a type of guy to, like, just hype up players for no reason. He no. rarely really does the type of stuff. He all he's 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 very consistent in what he says. Oh, mm-hmm. you know it's this, or oh, why did this guy not succeed? Oh, it's because of this. He's very clear about it, um, and he says it in the negative way as well. You know, he talks about Dante Pettis like that. So, yeah. so um, but Trent Taylor last year, he said that he thought he was going to have a Pro Bowl caliber season, and if he says that, he means that. That's not just him talking out of his ass. Like he's oh, yeah. he really no believes that. Yeah, um, and I mean it. It shows. Yeah, and he was talking about. Um, I, I think not maybe him, but other players on their team were talking about. Yeah, he was the best player in training camp. He was the best wide receiver in training camp. Like, oh, yeah. they were expecting to utilize him a ton last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the injury questions are are massive. But if this guy's on the field, if he's that third wide receiver, that's that's terrifying. Oh yeah. Defenses are not gonna have to deal with that. He is just he he's a great route runner. He gets open. And he's just consistently going to hit those third downs. And that's what makes 
like the Niners offense click is because not only does Shanahan scheme guys up on third down and scheme guys up for like broken open plays, you know, like, I mean, we've seen uh-huh. that we've seen George Kittle running with like 60 yards of space in between him and another guy, but yeah, Jimmy is great on third down. He is, uh-huh. he is a fantastic third down playmaker. People, people act like he's a system quarterback or whatever. If you watched, if you just went through a clip of Jimmy's third downs, it would look like he's Tom Brady. If you just sit nope. third down. Dude, his form looks just like him. His mechanics, everything. Yeah. And so a guy like Taylor to pair with that third down ability where Jimmy can be like, can check, can check his, his, like, his reads and uh-huh. then, oh, like no one's open. He can trust that Taylor's going to be open just to get that couple yards to get, you know, to convert the third and four or well, whatever and it is. Well, because he's going to have, not that any NFL defender is a scrub, but the scrub defender on that, on an NFL defense is going to be guarding him because you have so many other options. On yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, another guy, kind of a wild card player. So I'd say there's three guys that you kind of know what they're going to be. You know what their role is going to be. Um, yeah. Debo, Ayuk, Bourne. Obviously, Ayuk's a rookie, but I think that uh, you got to hope. You got to hope at least that he's kind of like you know what he is. You know what his role is going to be. Um, it, it, he seems like he has a clear path. Taylor injury questions. Um, Dante Pettis just overall questions about his game and physicality and everything. But the other guy, and this is the guy that could really change this defense even more than Trent Taylor, is Jalen Hurd. He was drafted in the third round right after Debo. Mm -hmm. Um, He looked really good in the preseason. He was amazing. (laughs) He looked better than Debo in the preseason, I'd even say. Um, And he was the third round pick. If Mm -hmm. If you're a top 100 pick, that means that you are expected to be a good, good NFL player. So well, he should be. This dude has all the talent in the world. He's six foot four, I believe. He played running back, um, H back, tight end, every <laughs> just slash, slash, slash. <laughs> just like the guys like Debo, like they do with Kittle, like they do with Kyle Juszczyk, you know, like they do with all these guys. But he's that mold of okay, Jalen Hurd, you're gonna come in here and you're gonna make plays. You're we're, we're gonna put you in weird spots. You're just going to be – like, he could just be a sub-package guy. Okay, uh-huh. Jalen, this is – you have – you know, you, you could put Jalen Hurd on the field for 10 plays, and he could get the ball on, like, on like five of them. Half the time, he's the defense is going to be expecting him to get the ball. The yep. other five, he's, if he gets the ball, it's like, okay, yeah, he could take it to the crib at any moment. He's yeah. that type of dude that's just, just able to do so many things. Um, I think he is by far the most polarizing player, I'd say, on the whole team. Just mm-hmm. because we've seen what Shanahan does with these unique play, like these unique players, like Debo Samuel, like he's just not mm-hmm. like a typical receiver. Well, Jalen Hurd is not a typical receiver, and he's also not a typical, 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 typical running back um, yeah. or typical tight end. He's he's, but he's all of them. He's all of them. Yep. He can play all of those roles. Um, he is he is something else. He could be he could be a great player. He could be the best. He could legitimately be the best player on this team, on this offense. Yeah, he could. Honestly, I think he could. If Juice got hurt, or if we wanted to put him on rest, we could put hurt in at fullback for a game and just see what happens. <laughs> no, like seriously though, this guy he could play anywhere. And not to go forward, but uh, Jennings, he's kind of of the same mold. Like he's a big, lengthy guy. Jimmy G. I mean, he has been known to overthrow guys. So you like to have guys with a big wingspan or you know tall targets. So. Just heard in general having him on there. You've seen that confidence, that uh, that camaraderie that, that that Jimmy and him already had on the field. I mean, and you also have Mullins throwing him touchdowns and stuff too. So 
even if he doesn't fully make it on the field as much, like you're saying, a sub-package guy, he's going to be amazing for our scout team. Mm-hmm. Running around, being other players, helping out the defense and stuff like that. So he's just another guy that I'm I am really happy that he's still on the roster, but I'm really trying to hold back my love for this guy because I don't want to be heartbroken. Again. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like I was so, so excited for him last yeah. season. I was like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I was more excited for Jalen Hurd than I was for Devo Samuel. No, he and, just looked better. He looked good. Yeah, exactly. And and you're like, well, this dude is a he's a six foot four running back. Yeah, and then he converted to receiver, and, and he was good at receiver. You know, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, you were talking about Juwan Jennings. The thing, the thing that's really funny about Juwan Jennings, um, I watched. I didn't really watch a ton of, like, like I didn't, like, do my self-scouting on him. Yeah. Um, I've been doing that on some of the higher-level players just because I feel like easier to watch NFL talent versus NFL talent and kind of adjust and get good at evaluating players. Um, mm-hmm. But a guy like Juwan Jennings, I was watching some videos of just guys going over his tape. And they're like, so so the thing about Jawan Jennings is that <laughs> Jawan Jennings is slow. Like he mm-hmm. is he's not just like not fast, no, he is slow. Molasses. Mm-hmm. But even though he's slow, he fits into the Niners culture so well. So yeah. well. He is super, super physical. Um you talk about I mean you think of the 49ers, you think of some physical plays. You think of the George Kittle getting dragged down the field against the Saints to put him in game-winning field goal position. Mm-hmm. Well, Jawan Jennings does that type of stuff. And he goes up and he gets <clears throat> balls. I believe he caught a Hail Mary for the win one time. Yeah. Um, and he just goes up there and just takes it away from the defenders. Mm-hmm. You hear that term, a man among boys. You hear that all the time. You think of guys like George Kittle. Well, Jawan Jennings is physical in that aspect that he is he he is throwing guys on the ground he's looking Mm -hmm. like he's looking like he's playing against pop warner kids out there Um, no exactly and not just that he knows where the like he has enough iq to know where the chains are he does all those little intangible things so yeah he might be slow but in in those later developing routes in that route tree of shanahan's he might just be a plug and play guy in the red zone or something that you have to pull a safety over and pay attention to because he's six five yeah and the the big the big problem I have with him is just because there's just, there's gonna be a lot of mouths to feed in this offense, uh-huh. um, and I think that's one thing that that a lot of fans don't really think about the Niners. They don't think, oh, this is like a super deep team, um, as far as their offense is concerned. Like their defensive line, everyone widely has accepted that that their defense is elite. But uh-huh. um, the biggest thing for me is like to kind of see how this depth plays out. Where let's see how it looks week one, because week one, if all these guys are healthy. And all these guys reach not their like maximum potential, but something similar to it, where you're mm-hmm. like, okay, like this, this guy is he's a player, he's a quality player on this roster. Um, if you have Jawan Jennings, like if, if you kind of take the way and go, look, he might be slow, but he knows how to play slow. Mm-hmm. That's that's interesting because if that dude's like solid, if he's a solid player, and Jalen Hurd's healthy and he's he's good, you know, like he's a third round rookie that type mm-hmm. of player. Um, Trent Taylor is that go-to slot guy. Kendrick Bourne is just what he's been. Ayuk is even just a Sanders, even just replicates mm-hmm. Sanders' role. Um, and Debo's Debo from last year. If you have that, where those guys aren't really better, but just kind of like what you think they, they are, that's a really, really deep wide receiver group. Um, and, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's a great problem to have. And then on <laughs> top of the, all those guys I just named, there's Dante Pettis, who's... I don't know what to expect out of him. Um, I kind of wrote him off 
a part like halfway through last season. I wrote him off after that Seahawks game. I went to that game and I was, that was a great game. And I had a great time there. They lost. I wasn't too worried about them losing just because how they lost. Yeah. And my big thing was they, a lot of the reason why they lost was the receivers couldn't catch a cold in that game. And Dante was one of them. There's a there's a route I've seen it on pop up on Twitter a couple of times as well. Um, he runs like a comeback. It's like third and long. I think it's like third and twelve. He runs like a sixteen yard comeback. Comes back like three yards, goes to lay out to make a little toe tap catch. Gets kind of hit in the back and he loses the ball. And yep. it's like yeah, that's a difficult catch. But NFL players are supposed to make that catch. Guy yeah, like Dante Pettis, his... a second round pick, is supposed to make that catch. You know, like. Dude, he's softer than Kevin Durant's ego. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Like, let's just be honest. And if you're if you're in this offense, like, look at George Kittle and Juice or Moser or any anyone, man. You got to be a gritty, nasty, just greasy fighter dude to be on this offense. Yeah, it's and and maybe he is. Maybe maybe it's last year was a fluke. Um, I saw someone earlier today was talking about how if he's gonna be like successful, he needs to look at Roddy White. Um. I, yeah, I don't know what's about Roddy White, but like apparently Roddy White was like the whole thing about him was that he was kind of soft too. That was the the big critique with him. Uh-huh. Um, that that's Dante Pettis's critique. It's not oh he can't get open. No, Dante can get open. You'll watch Dante get open. Yeah, um, he dropped a wide open touchdown. I think it was against the Bengals. I want to say where he ran a slant and it was like oh, just d- got off the corner easy, broke him off. Wide open in the end zone, just drops it, and and Jimmy looks at him. He's like, "Are you kidding me?" Like Jimmy gets mad at him. Oh and yeah. If you just look at how Jimmy looks at his players, this is really funny because I mean they all praise Jimmy and all the guys love Jimmy, but he'll be like, he won't be like getting frustrated with like a Kittle. You know, he doesn't get frustrated with Sanders. He doesn't get frustrated with any of the other guys, except for Dante that Pettis. <laughs> Shanahan's like, like, "Hey man, everything he does, I don't care. Just mug it." <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it is i honestly i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised seriously and i mean and shanahan must believe in him because he wasn't traded during the draft he easily could have been traded for like a, six He's round a second pick. round pick that's yeah that's if I, he was I, a fourth round pick he would have been gone he probably would have been cut if he was a fourth round pick oh, 100%. but at the We're... same time the re i mean there's a reason he was a second round pick you know like yeah there's a true belief in him so he I, has talent that's not that's not the problem here the problem is is if he wants to get up and be the guy that we hope that he could be. Um, before we move on, uh, I don't know a ton about Chris Fink. Do you Do you know a little bit about him, Mason? Yeah. Um, he was deemed the Slippery Fox. That's his nickname. I really like that. That's cool. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, I know. Undrafted free agent from Notre Dame, 5'9", slot guy. He was a team captain in his last year in college. And he can do more than just run across the field. He looks pretty slow, though. So, I mean, he's a good route runner. I just think he's going to be pushing Trent Taylor to the next level. And if Trent Taylor goes down, then you might see this guy get a roster spot. But I don't okay. see him doing too much this year. Gotcha. All right. Well, that is about it for wide receivers. Um, got a little bit into the guys. Not crazy in depth into any one of them. Um, I'm sure as this offseason goes on, we'll, you know, we'll do like a Debo Samuel episode or something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but moving on to the running backs. Raheem Mostert is the clear starter. Uh, if you if you've been following the news about the 49ers recently, he said that he said that he basically got told that he's going to get 200 carries, um, which is which I hope he does. I hope he does yeah. because he is one real efficient player when he's on the field. That's very true. Yeah, Obviously, he got 137 last year. 137. So that's a huge a huge increase. And 63. Um, he was a guy that like if you had him at the end of the year in fantasy, he could have won your league. Like, that's how good he was at the end of the season. 
Um, yeah. But also just as a player, he, he averaged 5.6 5. yards per carry. Oh, um, yeah. The year before, yeah. he only had, let's see, 34 attempts the year before, mm-hmm. so 2018. He averaged 7.7 7 yards per carry. Oh, exactly. Um, and that's the thing. He's the, he's the only starter in the league that isn't a starter. Yeah. He's never started an NFL game. And honestly, I don't even know. I think Shanahan might just start trolling people and just start Coleman like first play of every game <laughs> just to say that Moster isn't a starter. But no, he's raw, man. He had uh, 772 yards and eight touchdowns on the ground. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, he was also – he was all right in catching the ball, but I feel like that's going to be more Coleman's role this year. And maybe they'll try to get some other guys in, like McKinnon, if he can stay healthy or hasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get into them in a little bit. But Mostert's really – he's put on a lot of weight. He's, he's getting lubed and primed up uh, to run it back. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to see how and what he does. Yeah, the, the one thing I'd say about Mostert is obviously Kyle likes – like you know, like a revolve having a revolving running back rotation, um, yeah. that's just constantly you can put different guys in. Like you look at a guy like Brita. Mm-hmm. A lot of fans at the end of the year were talking about like, oh, they got they got Moster, Coleman, and Brita. It's like, dude, they haven't ran Brita in like a month. No, exactly. <laughs> and it was like, okay, like it's no, it's Moster and Coleman, and and a yeah, lot of people, a lot of people don't like Coleman. I actually do. I'll get him in into him in a second. But I do think Mostert's better. I think it's I think it's kind of yeah. clear Mostert's better. It's night and day. Yeah, he is so damn fast. Um, my, he is, dude. Probably my favorite play of the year, besides that George Kittle fourth and two, mm-hmm. was the I think it was third and eight or third and nine in the NFC Championship game, where they ran the draw to him and he scored mm-hmm. and didn't get touched. Nope. Number one, that was the most badass play call I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, just to to run a draw. On the first, like I think it was the either the opening or the second drive in the NFC Championship game, like it's a zero-zero game, and they run a draw on third and eight, third and nine, and it goes for a touchdown, like a forty-yard touchdown, just so badass. But that just is the type of player he can be in this offense, where it's, yeah, he's fast, and if if your linebacker takes one false step, he's not touching him. No, um, exactly. And, and that's I mean, the okay. thing. That's on the third thing. and yeah, on third and eight, you expected. Someone like Shanahan, a high passing offense, to go ahead and throw the ball, but instead they're just going to run it because they have that full faith. And I think, hold on, sorry, just to get something out of the way, a yeah. lot of people take it and get misconstrued. If it's third and eight and you're running a draw play, it's purely out of game plan and trying to catch a defense off guard. It's not the fact that Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy G because let's be real here. Out of all the games that he's played and stuff and gotten us as far as he did, I, I just hate that a lot of people come out and say, oh well, that's why they did it. Like, no, actually, it was just a game plan thing. But anyways, yeah, anyone that can come out and do that, yeah, very good from I like that. I like that you bring that up too, because a lot of people are like, "Yeah, look in the Super Bowl, we didn't trust him, really," because I thought he didn't run the ball enough in the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> no, exactly right. <laughs> and so, like that was my thing is like, no, he's letting Jimmy throw it. Like they, they're trying to throw the ball a lot. I don't yeah. think it's about him not trusting Jimmy. I, I think never... Jimmy's trying to do too much, honestly. Yeah, yeah, um, but like Raheem, Raheem is he's a great fit I, i'm stoked for him um i think he can be a really really good back i think he could be a i mean if you're playing fantasy i think if he gets enough carries if he gets enough volume he's i think he's an easy top 10 back like actually like and that sounds kind of crazy but the whole thing is if he gets enough, enough carries that's the big question i i really think that's the only question with him i don't think it's some fluke um you know what he is like he's a 28 year old player yeah he hasn't mm-hmm. had a ton of time but he's a badass special teams dude. He's a great gunner. Um, I don't know if he's going to play that role this year just because he he's probably get, won't. He, yeah, he probably won't. Um, 
But moving on from him to Tevin Coleman, a lot of people act like Tevin sucks. He doesn't, though. Like, if you watch him, tell me that he's, like, slippery and slidey. He's good, man. What, he had four touchdowns last year? Yeah, he had four, no, touchdowns, four touchdowns in a game. Carolina. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's he's good. Uh, I don't I don't get the – he got hurt. It, I think it was an ankle injury, I believe. Yeah. Um, and last year might have been his worst year, like, since his rookie season. Yeah. In Atlanta. I mean, in Atlanta. You're not – You talk about that, that one-two punch they had with mm-hmm. uh, him and Freeman. Well, Mostert and him could be that one-two punch this year. I think exactly. I think it's more likely to be like that. I really think that this year is going to replicate the Falcon Super Bowl year. Um, mm-hmm. I think Jimmy's going to ball out with the with the receivers, and I think they're going to have that badass running running back room. Um, that that's where I think this this offense could be. I think that was one of the best offenses of all time. Um, and, and I I mean I think if these if this offense is healthy, then I think they they could be. Um, you look at like their offensive line should improve. That was the big question. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, they had t- a whole bunch of tackles out last year. Uh, like McGlinchey and Staley missed a bunch of games. This year they're gonna have they're not gonna have Staley. They're gonna have Trent Williams, but Williams is better. Um, sorry yeah, to get off a little tangent here, but I just think that their offense. I think their offense could be great. Um, and I think Coleman is going to be a part of that. And I think that fans acting like he shouldn't ever get a carry again. I, I don't think they're accurate at all. Um, no. Yeah, I just, he's a great compliment to Mostert. Yeah, I, I think he's he had exactly as a, compliment, as a compliment. Yeah, he had exactly the same amount of rushes as, as uh, Mostert last year. They both had 137. And then he had eight more targets through the air. So I feel like Coleman's going to pick up some of those targets, and then uh, Mostert's just going to pick some more carries. But either way, these guys are interchangeable. Like That's the perfect thing about them, is that Coleman can fill that role, and Mostert, if he takes a, you know takes a seat for two quarters, he's not going to come out and bitch about it. He's gonna be like, yeah, that's my dude, and then come in for a change of pace and you know bust a twelve yard game on you. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, you look at the Vikings game. Coleman was like, he was balling. It wasn't, it wasn't like the Vikings offense was just getting exposed by Kyle. It was like, mm-hmm. no, no, they're ground and pounding with Tevin Coleman. He wanted it more. Yeah, and he was just okay. You're gonna hit me two yards in. Well, I'm gonna roll over and just get four. You know, I'm gonna no, get exactly. those extra two yards, and he was doing that all game. That's and that was a big reason why they were. Eight. They just when he started taking over, when Tevin Coleman started taking over against the Vikings in the divisional mm-hmm. game, that's when it was like, okay, this is a win. Like I know this is gonna win. This this looks like a win. You know, like yeah. you're gonna need to see something crazy here because they can't stop him. It's he's feeling it, and he's he's just he's not like making any crazy plays, but he is a consistent. I'm gonna get positive yards. I'm gonna get positive yards. You know, he's that kind of guy. I mean, of course, he kind of he, like sometimes he dances and stuff. But when he's going, he's good. That that's that's my thought on him. No, he's a streaky guy. Um, last year, out of three hundred thirty-six carries together, Coleman and Mostert, they they had two hundred seventy-four. So even if Mostert gets that two hundred, then you have the seventy-four plus the other ones, and it, all it does is just keep one of these guys fresh, man. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you. I don't understand the hate on Coleman. No. I mean, he's he's a second. He's the second running back on the roster, so you wouldn't expect him to be amazing. And hes it's not like we're coming out and saying that he's you know, the best in any one part of the running back game. He's not. He's average on the whole spectrum, but that's almost the best part about his game is that you mm-hmm. sleep on him so much that you forget about him, and then there he is, you know, 75 yards and two receiving touchdowns or something crazy like that. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I believe in Coleman. I think, I think you know what you're getting out of him. I, I think mm-hmm. last year will – I think he'll be a lot better than he was last year. Um, I'm excited for him, actually. And, and I, honestly, I, I wouldn't even be surprised. Like, even though I really believe in Raheem, 
I wouldn't be surprised if like Coleman's like the lead back, you know? Like, no, I wouldn't either. Um, I mean, the Niners last year were 14th in running or rushing attempts, but they ended up second in rushing yards, and that was to you geez. know the two running back combo of Jackson and <laughs> the whole Ravens offense. Yeah, yeah, like you can't even really count them. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but yeah, seriously. <laughs> They're like just above and beyond everyone else. No, exactly. Yeah, you want to get into McKinnon real quick and just kind of yeah. So base on him. So my thing with McKinnon is, I can't even like say anything on him um, because I haven't seen him on the field. <laughs> yeah, you know he gets signed to this very lucrative deal, and everyone's like, oh, they overpaid for him. Well, then he doesn't even play a snap. Um, I don't really. I'm not like I'm. I'm never gonna get upset at the 49ers front office for for financial stuff because they have shown time and time and time and time and time again that they know exactly what they're doing. Yep. Probably better than anyone outside of guys like the Eagles and maybe the Vikings and like teams like that. Um, like th- those, they're pretty similar. There, there's just, but they're on a clear. They're one of the best financial teams in the league, um, and yeah. even and even with a team like the Vikings, like you sign you extend Kirk this off season. So I don't know how much I can really believe in how you guys are working. Out there. <laughs> um, but that's a that's a conversation for a different day. I, I've never really been a McKinnon truther myself. Um, in 2017, he was targeted 68 times and had 51 receptions for 421 yards. He's never actually got over 600 yards on the ground. So I mean, he was never really brought over to be that whole ground game guy. Yeah. So I, I don't really – okay, the thing is is that we have Moser who used to play special teams football, so now we have to fill that role. Well, McKinnon's not going to fill that role. So I feel like Hasey – him and Hasey are the same size. They have the same kind of like attributes. And aside from just knowing the playbook, I feel like Hasey has the jump on him and McKinnon's going to get cut, honestly. That's, that's interesting because – because people think of Jerick McKinnon, they're like, oh, Jerick McKinnon's a stud player. It's just a yeah, 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 Jeff McKinnon, you know, um, yeah. and Hasty um, is Hasty. No, Salvin Ahmed was from Washington, right? Yes, yes. And Hasty was from Baylor. That's right. That's right. Um, and you're higher on Hasty than Ahmed, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Hasty was never really a true starter, but Ahmed's got bobble hands, and he just he's too up and down for me, and he just doesn't really look complete. Yeah, and and that's the thing with this team is like they they have de- they have deep running back room. Um, yeah, and Not enough spots to go around. Yeah, exa- exactly. And you also have Kyle Hughes, check. Um, and we I mean we talked about Jalen Hurd; he could do anything. So you also have to count for him, kind of, in that yeah. roster spot. Um, I think they'll so, probably take three. I think Mostert, yeah. Coleman are locks. I don't think there's a chance that Mo- that Coleman gets traded. I no. don't really see that like even really coming up. Well, if Devontae Freeman doesn't have a job right now, then I don't really see an open market for Coleman. No, and, and they and they think Coleman has a good, uh, an important role, like Kyle does. Oh, no, he does. does. And I, I mean, me and you think that. Yeah, um, for sure. I don't think he's gonna get traded. I just don't. I, I think maybe like I, I wouldn't like be like if, if it happened, I wouldn't be like upset or anything. Yeah. Um, but it's just like I just don't know why they would do that. I don't really see where that, like, that's ideas came from. That there's not really anything to show that that's what they're gonna do. No. Um, um, Hasty, he did his fat or his sorry, his fast. His cuts are really fast and swift. He had the uh, best shuttle time of any back at the combine. Really? So yeah, he's really good at bouncing outside and creating creating separation. He's just not really that good at faking, I don't think. And then, like I said, he has pass catching upside, almost like the Jet. I mean, not obviously even comparable. He's still young and stuff, but 
um, the only thing that's really going against this guy is just the current situation of the world and <laughs> the NFL as a whole. Like, when is training camp going to happen? And, you know, all those questions that all the other rookies have. So I'm, I'm pretty high on this guy. Yeah, I've seen – I've also seen some guys breaking down his film, and they're like, I don't know how this dude went undrafted. No, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and, and the thing is, it, you can't really do that for a lot of other positions. You know, you're not going to be like, oh, how was this quarterback undrafted? Like, no, you know why he was undrafted. No, but exactly. Running back, there's diamonds in the rough. There's undrafted guys that are that turn out to be freaking Hall of Famers, you know? Late like, bloomers and anything. I mean, shit, you've seen Tom Brady, the difference between him at his combine and then him five years later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so you don't know where these guys are at. Um, but, I mean, I haven't, I haven't really watched that much of Hasty, I'll be honest, but... He's he has a lot of hype from a lot of people, and like you're yeah. talking, Mason, you're saying that look, he he's fast, he's quick, you know, he has the traits. Um, you said he played special teams too, right? Oh yeah, he's a he's a bruiser. He's like most are good. Yeah, he'll so, hit you on outside on a gun and knock your block off. So you kind of start talking, um, you kind of start talking like McKinnon versus Hasty. Yeah, and it's interesting because, yeah, like we know. We know McKinnon, like who he is. Now we don't know if he's even gonna be on the field. That's the other thing. We don't even know exactly. If he's make the he roster. hasn't even cut in pads or anything. I mean, I've seen some off-season hype videos, but I'm but, not. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, and he took a massive pay cut, so it's not like they're just gonna have all this dead money. Like that's not the case. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe they both make it. Um, but if he, I mean, if he can make a practice squad, and yeah, go in yeah. and out like Wilson did. Yeah. If oh and Wilson's here too. I, I completely forgot about Jeff Wilson on this list. That's what I'm saying. There's too much, too many mouths to feed, man. And I like Jeff Wilson. I think he's I good. You know, he was a. He I, is. Think, I think he had a good number of touchdowns. <laughs> he had um, four. I'm pretty sure last year. Yeah. So there you go. Like, you got. So it, that's why it's hard to see a guy oh, okay. like Ahmed it making it. Yeah. Well. Okay. So Ahmed had 11 touchdowns at Washington, and he ran the ball 188 times, but he ran a four six four. Yeah, not, yeah, not too fast. So scouts were like, "Yeah." No. So. <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this running back group work uh, works out. But I mean, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna critique anything that Kyle Shanahan does with running backs because, oh, as we've boy. seen, the Shanahan family—if they know one thing—they know running backs. <laughs> um, yeah, they know which three or four to have. Yeah, you know, <laughs> oh, you know, let's just take this guy Alfred Morris in on the Washington Redskins. Yeah, we'll just turn him into the league's leading rusher. No mm-hmm. problem. Um, so I don't have a problem with what they do. I think it's going to be real competitive. I think Coleman and Mostert are the only guys that are locks. Maybe maybe Coleman isn't even a lock, though. That like We might even be kind of like, just because everyone's been talking down on Coleman to kind of being like, no, no, he's he's solid, he's solid, and then maybe kind of overhyping actually what he is just because of all like the extreme negativity towards him. Because yeah, what if I, I mean what he's if, so like Mostert though. Yeah, yeah, um, but like the thing is like you have those two guys, you have Ahmed, you have Hasty, you have McKinnon, and you have Jeff Wilson. Those are four dudes fighting mm-hmm. for one roster spot. Um, and if Mostert's not playing a lot on special teams next year. You gotta think it's probably gonna be the guy that plays special teams. So yeah, or it could even be Wilson Jr. Just starting off and seeing how he does. But he only had like a hundred and something yards last year on twenty something carries. Yeah. So that's his problem is that he's a really big like he's he's the epitome of like a streaky wide receiver. Like you put him in, he's either gonna do everything or nothing. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that that plays out. Um, I think that's enough running talk back talk for today. Yeah. Um, super competitive group. 
Um, like the wide receiver group, there's, I would say, not not a ton of depth, but a ton of potential depth, just uh-huh. because there's so many question marks. Um, and so it's kind of like it's a little bit scary with that. But if there, if some, if if it's just a handful of those question marks get resolved, man, you got a you got a deep group of wide receivers and running backs. Uh-huh. Um, but before we finish off, we gotta talk about the tight end and fullback positions. Just because this is a an amazing offense where they have the best tight end and the best fullback in the league in George Kittle and Kyle Juszczyk. These dudes, I mean, they're two of my most, like my favorite players. Just because yeah. of the physical ability, you know, you have George Kittle running down the field against the Saints like I could talk about. Well, he's throwing guy. I mean, against the Falcons. He's, that and Buda Baker, man. Buda yeah, Baker. Buda Baker. <laughs> um, and then you think about, I was it, I forget who they're, was it? I forget who was against the Falcons, where he blocks him in the in the end zone. He's laughing like in the guy's yeah. face. Um, and then he's you got, and then you got Kyle Juszczyk throwing Mika Fitzpatrick on the ground, who a lot of people Dude. think he's like a top three safety in the league. He, he with authority, <laughs> like he bounced off the ground and bounced again, like his whole body came up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, he's he's nasty. We also have another fullback, Josh Holkett out of Fresno State, but I mean he's he'll be good. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not his fault that he's playing behind. No, it's not. But <laughs> I mean, maybe check. you know, maybe he can learn something and take it to another team or something. But the fullback is really just a lost art in this league. Yeah, and Niners are one of the few teams that have one. And and look what it does for them. It it pays dividends. Well, he can do everything. You think about you think about the injuries that the 49ers had last year on offense, and like obviously mm-hmm. you can talk about you know Sanders was banged up for a while. Well, mm-hmm. the big ones I think are the the offensive tackles. Um, you had. Them, them both out at one point. Two offensive tackles playing for a prolonged long period of time. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, it didn't have a huge effect on how the offense played, which is so strange. So strange. Yeah. The bigger effect was when Kyle Juszczyk was out and George Kittle was out because they couldn't run the ball as well. Mm-hmm. I would say that 98% of the time, kind of a random number, 98, maybe, you know, maybe 99.9% <laughs> of the time, if you're fullback, and tight end or hurt, it is way less important than having two tackles hurt. Having two tackles hurt for most te- most teams is the equivalent of not having a quarter and having not having a starting quarterback, like having your quarterback go down. Mm-hmm. How odd is that? That this team goes, oh, we got George K- our, our our tight end and fullback got hurt, and then the run game just dies because that's well, what happened. <laughs> it just goes to speak because you have juice. You can cut up the middle, go outside. You have to respect those guys. If Kittle goes out, you're you're sliding the safety over. You're putting people on him. Like you have to, you know what I mean? Like you're not just stacking the box and blitzing. If you have Dwellian, you can blitz, and then you already know Jimmy G's got that little mental thing with his ACL. So you kind of start to get a little bit more confident with those guys off the field. So it is understandable. However, it is ridiculous that how much those guys really sway the whole uh, like home field advantage, if you will. You know what I mean? Or that comfortability of that offense when they're out. Yeah. Um, so. Other guys that are, are worth noting at the tight end position are Ross Dwelly, oh, Char- yeah. Charlie Warner. A lot of people are super hyped up about Charlie Warner's run blocking. He's obviously young. Mason, you told me he's kind of he is a kind of ra- a raw run blocker. Yeah, he he is. I mean, he's he's one of the biggest guys on film. He could put on a little bit more weight, and uh, I think with some training, obviously being behind George Kittle is only going to help him. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean. So- Kittle's Gronk level run blocker right there. Oh, if not, 100%. if not better. If not better. Yeah, 
straight up. And then um, Dwelly, he's he's really just flourishing. Actually, you know who Grant Cohn is? He's a Sports Illustrated writer for the Niners. Yeah, I do. He made a video of uh, <laughs> of Dwelly, the American hero, like <laughs> making catches and just like stretching out the ball past the first down and like getting touchdowns. It's almost like an American Gladiators kind of feel. It's stupid <laughs> yeah. hilarious. But he's one of those guys like Bourne who will just come in, fill a role, but just do it at such a high level. And they can they can bring the crowd back in and just invigorate the whole team. So I'm I really like Dwelly. I mean, he stepped he stepped in when Kittle was gone. Like yeah, like I'm talking about how the it's not run, easy to do. No, how the run game was like hurt and like yeah. when with him and use check out. But like Dwelly Dwelly was there and I feel like every, everyone that was really like f- like focusing on what that position's importance was, I'd say. Mm-hmm. They're like, damn, Dwelly came in. Dwelly's like a no-name guy coming in to fill George Kittle, and he yeah. he played his part. He did well, um, and he was he was important in that offense when Kittle went down. Like he was, like he yes. was an integral part. The two unsung heroes of last year were Skule and that man Ross Dwelly. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I do think uh, you gotta mention uh, Dre Greenlaw. Obviously, Dre. Greenlaw. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. Of course, of course, like, going in for Dre Ford and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not as as unsung as those guys, but I just yeah. think the fact that Dre Greenlaw's big plays were in like the most big badass play, moments man. you could have, you know, <laughs> both against I the Seahawks. That man's um, so I I always he's got in a the shout Hall, out. He's in the Niners Hall of Fame now, dude. He is. He is. It's ridiculous, is. dude. <laughs> um, no, it's not well deserved. What a play! Yeah. So those are kind of like the the tight end fullback. You know who the guys are going to be. Yeah. Dwelly Dwelly's proven that he's a he's a good backup. Good backup uh-huh. tight end, um, Warner. We don't really know where he is, but I do think there's a lot of upside there. Which I mean, uh-huh. I was stoked about that pick. I thought that was, I think it was the sixth round, sixth round, seventh round pick. When you get a guy like that, where you're like, damn, like, what if this guy could turn sixth into round, something? Yeah. Like, obviously, uh-huh. like you can't just be like, oh, look, this guy's gonna be like the second best run blocker in the league because that's how yeah. some people. Well, are we talking. got Kittle late too, man. Yeah, but but like if he comes in there and he's like, yeah, he's the third tight end and his role is to come in and run block for Kittle on the other side to give Kittle breathers and mm-hmm. like, give him breaks and stuff, that that could be huge for Kittle staying healthy. You know, like this is a dude well, that, yeah. that he's about to make have a major payday. Um, our, our My previous episode, uh, Mason's not in it. It's me and me and another guy, Har- Parsa from Worst Take. We're talking about what is this guy going to make? Um, I said $15 million per year, 45 guaranteed, which a lot of people are saying that's very low. But mm-hmm. that's like doubling the tight end market currently. So, I yeah. mean, either way though, he's Kittle's gonna have a major payday. Yeah, having a guy like War- Warner potentially come in here and just lighten the load a little bit, you know, that physical Dude, load in those goal line packages and all, all the other stuff, giving Kittle a breather so that he can come out and still have those 150 yard games, and he just doesn't have to take the toll on his body, so we can have him for longer than the Pats had Gronk. I think that's you know kind of the direction that we're thinking about going in because Ross Dwelly is taller than George Kittle. Ross Dwelly is 6'5", Kittle 6'4". Dwelly's only 15 pounds less than Kittle. So, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're kind of like breeding, you know, like tight end you, if you will, like the Niners. I mean, there's a bunch of guys out there. Uh, Knox, Hurst, uh, I don't know, uh, Andrews. You can name a bunch of guys, but I feel like Dwelly is really going to come in and be more like a, a higher scale of like Vance McDonald when, he, when we had him. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, so I feel like that's kind of it for this talk. Um, before though, I want to go through, just briefly talk about this roster, kind of highlight our points that we made. Um, I'll, I'll go first and then I'll have Mason kind of break it down. So for wide receiver, Debo Samuel, 
I think he's going to be a double-digit <coughs> touchdown guy. I think he's going to be great. Ayuk, I think he's immediately going to come in, fill that Emmanuel Sanders role. Um, and if he gives something more than that, look out, because this is an offense that could absolutely take off. Mm-hmm. Kendrick Bourne, you know what he's going to be. He is going to be exactly what he is last year. If he gets better, that's dope. I'm not expecting him to get better, but, I mean, I'm happy with what he is. Trent Taylor, if he's healthy, he is that go-to third-down slot player. And maybe even more, because you, we, t- we brought it up before, but Kyle Shanahan, he, he loves the dude. Um, Jalen Hurd, probably more upside than any of the players on this entire depth chart, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, besides, sure. besides Kittle. Uh, but this dude is, is absurd. Um, and if he's healthy... Obviously, a scary back injury, but if he's healthy and he can fill out to what he could be, look out. Um, Dante Pettis, major question marks, but he also has a ton of potential. He's got to, he's got to uh, get tougher. That's that's basically it. Um, yeah. Jawan Jennings, Chris Finks, they're kind of long shots to make the roster per se, um, or to have a large impact. One of them might make the roster, but bubble team, yeah, they're bubble guys, sure. bubble guys, yeah. Um, so what's your kind of thoughts on the receivers, Mason? Just Okay. Ayuk um, and Samuel, obviously, locks. Debo Samuel's kind of taken – you know, last year Emmanuel Sanders came in and was kind of like that uh, that older older brother role kind of deal. That's what uh, Debo's starting to do. So those two guys, obviously, a lock. Dante Pettis, if he does perform well, I would like to see him get traded for anything, even a seventh round. I don't care. Um, but honestly, I feel like to get his mojo back – we just need to put him on kick return. I mean, we have a bunch of guys who can do kick return anyways, and he's not going to be helping us out in the field running routes. So um, he's going to be the last man in the roster or we're going to trade him. I don't really see us cutting him. We spent too much on him. Um, Taylor, barring injury, he's going to make the roster. Uh, guys like Richie James and Thompson, Pondexter, those guys aren't going to make it. Jennings could also be a last guy in. He's just a trick play guy. Um, really high on Hurd. Hopefully... He uh, comes out and his back is good to go, and then, uh, like you said, Bourne. I it almost sucks because he's just one of those guys that is really, really good at what he does, but he's just not going to get fed because of everyone that's around him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's definitely going to be a lock to make it fourth, fourth or fifth guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then real quick for the running backs, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman. We think those are going to be the two guys that get the bulk of it all. One two punch. Yep, one two punch. I think it's going to be like Atlanta in that record offense that they had I, I think this offense could be like that i really do if, if you're not having a whole bunch of crazy injuries um and and the the thing i love about that is look who got the credit there matt ryan it did not go to tevin coleman and Devonte freeman and i hope that it goes to jimmy g this year um but coleman and moster i think they're gonna be i think they're gonna be good i think they're gonna be that one-two punch similar to what coleman was and raheem's gonna be that Devontae Freeman type player. Little, he plays a little bit different, but the same effectiveness. Yeah. Um, then you have McKinnon. If he brings something, if he comes out and you know plays like we that we hoped he would have when he signed that deal in San Francisco, that's awesome. But I am not expecting that. I'm kind of not out on him, but I'm just not gonna like consider him in like the long term. You plans. wish he would do better. Yeah, you, we just wish he was healthy. You know, like yeah, you wish um, you could see what he could actually do, man. It's it's such a shame. Yeah, um, Jeff Wilson, I don't know about him. Jeff Wilson, Salvin Ahmed, Jamichael Hasty, don't really know out of those people. Mason's watched all of them. He really likes Hasty. Um, yeah. 
and Hasty's a special team guy. So maybe he comes in there and he's that new Raheem Moster. That that would be mm-hmm. awesome. I'd love to see that. Oh yeah. I mean, he doesn't even have to get carries out of the backfield just to have him on the special teams. I think that's that's going to be his, his money muscle. Yeah, and, and that that could be the reason why he makes this team. That that mm-hmm. that probably would be the reason why he would make this team. Yeah. Um, and then real quick, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk, the best two players at their position. The only players on this roster that are the best in the NFL. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. we got guys like Bosa. You know, like we got some great players. Oh, yeah. Sherman. 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 I mean, maybe you have the case for Sherman being the best cornerback just because he was the highest graded cornerback by PFF. I, I don't put a ton of stock into that. But Oh, yeah. But I don't really think Kyle, Kyle Juszczyk He's not hurting is, our team being on our roster. No, no that's for damn sure. <laughs> um, but Kyle Juszczyk is everyone knows he's the best fullback I'd say it's kind of mm-hmm. undisputed maybe some Hands people down. think maybe some people think there's a guy that's just slept on and you know that's that's I think that's a fair fair thing to say because fullbacks don't get that much love and they need to get over themselves and stop being a homer and then George Kittle George Kittle's amazing I think he's better than Kelsey because he's a way more important player in the run game he's done more with less yeah yeah I'll say that yeah um so but I mean, I get, I get the, the conversation of Kelsey versus yes. him. Kelsey's 100%. fantastic, um, but Kittle, I don't think any. I think every single team would love to have George Kittle. Mm-hmm. Um, same can be said about Kelsey, but you can't go wrong with George Kittle. Kyle Juszczyk, filling out these weapons for Jimmy G. Um, and with that, I'd say uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, great, great talk right here with Mason. I, I love talking ball with him. We're we're both Niners fans. Um, I'll be running this show every every Sunday. It'll drop um, when when the season starts. Might change, but throughout this off season, might have Mason on a couple more times to just talk. Um, Mason, thanks yeah. for thanks for coming coming on. Hey, anytime, man. And real quick, uh, hot take here. I got the Niners going thirteen and three and only losing three divisional games: Seahawks, Rams, and Cardinals. I like so. that. I think those divisional games are the most important games of the season. Oh yeah, they're wild for sure. Um, I, I think the division. I think the Rams are better than most people think. I think the Cardinals are a little overhyped. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone. If you're listening on Apple, please rate and review. And check us out on Twitter at The Worst Take Net and Instagram at The Worst Take Network. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll talk to you again next Sunday. Goodbye.